Well, hey everyone, my name is Steven and I am one of the pastors here at Journey Church. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that this helps you on your walk with Jesus, but also that it encourages you to get plugged into a local community of believers. Hey, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that being isolated from others is not how God intended us to live. So be sure to use this resource in conjunction with being plugged into your local church. Hey, we hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ and a child of the one true King. I have victory over Facebook. I still struggle with anger. And my name is Dave. This morning, we want to do three things. I brought my fan club, by the way. Thank you, Lucas. We want to do three things this morning. We want to tell you what Celebrate Recovery is, what a Celebrate Recovery looks like, and who can benefit from Celebrate Recovery. Uh, an interesting fact, only one in three people who come to Celebrate Recovery come because of a drug or alcohol addiction. So two out of three people come to Celebrate Recovery for something else. Now, you might be wondering, what else would that be? Well, I'll answer that question in a few moments. When I think about Celebrate Recovery, this passage comes to mind. In the book of John, we read, After this, a Jewish festival took place, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. By the sheep gate in Jerusalem, there is a pool called Bethesda in Hebrew, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a large number of the sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water because an angel would go down into the pool from time to time and stir up the water. Then the first one who got in after the water was stirred up recovered from whatever ailment he had. One man who had been there for 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? Another version says, do you want to be healed? And that's what I think about when I think about Celebrate Recovery. Now, it seems like a silly question. If somebody's been paralyzed for 38 years, why would they say no to a question, do you want to be healed? But the fact is, whatever it is that we are in, codependency, addiction, whatever our issue is, a lot of times that's familiar. And because it's familiar, it's comfortable. And to leave that would be uncomfortable and might require work. And so that's the first question that people have to answer before Celebrate Recovery or any other program will help them. Do I really want to be healed? Do I really want to work through this stuff? And that's, that's the question that I want to look at this morning. Our mission of Celebrate Recovery is to offer Christ-centered healing from our brokenness through hope, love, forgiveness, and community. Celebrate Recovery was started in Southern California at Saddleback Church by a man named Johnny Baker. He had tried other recovery meetings, but they were telling him that his higher power could be anything that he wanted it to be. He said, that's just nuts. We know our higher power is Christ. And so that was where all of this started. Our vision is ultimate recovery from our brokenness. 
We understand that the final, ultimate recovery is when we stand before God and we're given that eternal body. But in the meantime, with God's help, we're going to work towards that recovery in this lifetime. There are 35,000 churches around the world that use this program, and more than 5 million people have been helped. We talk about hurts, hangups, and habits, but this is a short list of the other issues that can be addressed by people attending Celebrate Recovery. And it's not exhaustive in the sense that I can think of a few more that aren't even up there. So for some of these things, you might look at that and go, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't think about that. We don't say that everybody needs Celebrate Recovery, but we do say that everyone who comes to Celebrate Recovery can be helped by the program, which is evidenced by this long list of things that people come to, to work on. This is what it looks like. Our large group meeting looks a lot like a Sunday morning worship service. The songs that we're singing today are songs that we would sing at Celebrate Recovery. After that, we go through either the eight principles of Celebrate Recovery or the 12 steps. Um, and then there is a teaching or a testimony. After that, um, we have our small group open meetings where we come and we can talk about the, the, the teaching, we can talk about the testimony, or we can talk about whatever's going on in our lives that week. And you'll notice that as the funnel gets smaller, then we come to step studies. And that's really the meat and potatoes of Celebrate Recovery. That's where we dig into scripture, we look at the eight principles, the 12 steps, and we begin to deal with whatever our issues are. Now, the reason it gets smaller is, unfortunately, some people decide, I'm not ready to deal with that stuff yet. It's hard. It's not comfortable. But it's necessary if we want to experience healing from those issues. Prior to working with uh, a recovery group, I had never read the 12 steps. And so this morning, I'm going to read through them. Uh, I want you to think about what I'm reading. At the Celebrate Recovery meetings, normally one person reads the steps and then the entire congregation repeats the verse. But I find myself trying to make sure I'm not going too fast or too slow, and sometimes I don't even think about what I'm saying. So I'm not going to do that this morning. I just want you to read the verses and read the steps and see if any of these stand out to you. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors and that our lives had become unmanageable. This goes back to the, the question, do you want to be healed? You have to know that you have an issue, you have a problem, and that you're powerless to stop it. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Romans 7.18 Step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Philippians 2.13. Step three, we made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. There are some people who come to know Christ because of Celebrate Recovery, because of this step. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, Romans 12.1. Step four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord, Lamentations 3.40. Many people say that this is the hardest step that there is. Step five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. James 5.16 Step six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. James 4.10 Step seven, we humbly ask God to remove all our shortcomings. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Step eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Luke six thirty one. Step nine, we may direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Remember, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Step 10, we continue to take personal inventory and when we are wrong, promptly admitted it. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Step 11. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and power to carry that out. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3, 16. Step 12. Having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore them gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Galatians 6.1 The eight principles spell out the word recovery with the first letter of each principle. R, realize that I'm not God. That sounds pretty obvious, but for some people, that's a pretty big revelation. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. This correlates with step one of the 12 steps. And the verse, all of the verses come from the Beatitudes. Happy are those who know that they are spiritually poor or spiritually bankrupt. Matthew 5, 3. E, earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. This correlates with step two. And the verse is, happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Matthew 5, 4. C, consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. Step three, happy are the meek, Matthew 5, 5. Again, we're looking at Christ as the higher power that we come to. Oh, openly can examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. 
This goes along with steps four and five. Happy are the pure in heart, Matthew 5, 8. V, voluntarily submit to any and all changes God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects, which goes along with steps six and seven. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires, Matthew 5, 6. E, evaluate all my relationships. Offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for harm I've done to others whenever possible, except when to do so would harm them or others. Steps eight and nine. Happy are the merciful and happy are the peacemakers. Matthew 5, 7, and 9. R, reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. Steps 10 and 11. And finally, Y, yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and by my words, which goes along with step 12. And the verse is, happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. So back to my original question, do you want to be healed? Healing can begin in a safe place. And so we stress at each of our large group meetings, each of our small meetings, and each of our step studies, that what is said can be confidential. It has to be confidential, and it can be anonymous. And we remind everyone of that each week. Second, healing involves looking at what Scripture says about us and our issues. This isn't a program that ignores Scripture. The step studies help us to see what the Bible says about how to deal with issues. Healing requires us to face our fears, our hurts, and our shortcomings. This can be one of the hardest things we have to do. And healing is facilitated by surrounding ourselves with caring people. One of the things that I've been impressed as I attend Celebrate Recovery meetings is that the people who come act like they've known each other forever. It's a very strong supporting network. We are starting new step studies. Uh, the men will be starting there September 26th here at the church at 2 p.m. The women will be starting theirs Thursday, October the 7th at a location that is not here at the church. And so if you get with me, I can help you get in contact with the leader that you need to if you're interested. Our Celebrate Recovery large group meetings are every Tuesday night here at Journey. We have a meal at 5.30, our large group meeting here at 6.30, and then our small group open share meetings are at 7.30. And we do provide child care for that. Now we're going to have some of our leaders come up and share uh, some of their testimonies. Thanks, Jim. Got to get my reading glasses on. Um, just so you know, we're going to be given some short testimonies here. Um, and we're pretty blunt and honest with these. Uh, and the reason for that is to let people know it's okay to share your difficulties and your struggles in life. And so there will be several of us coming up and doing this. Um, I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I have victory over alcohol, drugs, and pornography. 
and I still struggle with pride and low self-esteem. My name is Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi, Lucas. I was raised in a very loving home with parents that took me to church on Sunday and taught me right from wrong. However, I was bullied in school and made fun of because I was really skinny. I'm trying to make up for that now. I also had difficulty in school with my grades and focusing, listening. Much later, I was di diagnosed with ADHD, which accounted for many of these issues. I was sexually abused around the age of 10. I didn't know how to deal with the effects of the abuse, which led me to cope in unhealthy ways. <clears throat> I started drinking and using drugs to numb the pain. When I was 19, my girlfriend broke up with me, and I was devastated. Uh, never been through anything like that before. And I didn't feel like I could handle more pain. I ended up attempting suicide. I was severely injured, but God chose to spare my life. Through this, I realized that God must have spared me because he had a purpose for my life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. My addictions and prom promiscuous lifestyle spiraled out of control in my early 20s. In my heart, <clears throat> I wanted to do the right things. But the more I tried to control the chaos in my life, the more out of control I became. I prayed that God would get my attention. That prayer was answered. I got arrested, ended up in jail, and I heard God's voice ask me, do I have your attention now? After this, I was on strict probation, which helped me make better choices. Um, a girl had come to see me almost every visitation day in jail. Uh, and, and we got close. Uh, I ended up marrying her and in, two, in 2000, thought my life was getting back together, thought everything was going good in my life. In 2003, she was diagnosed with cancer and in 2005, she died. I went into a deep depression after this Suicidal thoughts were on my mind almost all the time. After this, I slowly started to drink again, thinking I could handle it now. Once again, I felt my life spinning out of control. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In 2011, Cornerstone Church started a Celebrate Recovery program in Sheridan. I got involved right from the beginning and knew this was the path I needed to take. I eventually completed my first step study. For the first time in my life, I began to feel truly accepted by other believers. See, I thought everyone had it together that came to church. I didn't know other people had the issues that I had. Um, <clears throat> we are all broken and need Jesus to restore us. Several years later, I moved to Casper, Wyoming. I got involved in the Celebrate Recovery there. I joined the leadership team and began making more lifelong friendships. I love Celebrate Recovery 
and learned through this ministry that healing is possible when following God's path. I moved to Gillette, Wyoming in 2018 and got married to my current wife, Jennifer, who was also involved in Celebrate Recovery in her hometown back in Michigan. We both came back from life's brokenness and related so well to each other. We started attending Journey Church in 2019 and began a CR ministry here. We both completed a step study in preparation for our launch and have made more great friendships through the process. We are privileged to be a part of this ministry. By attending church, CR, and life groups, I continue to grow in my walk with God. 1 Corinthians 1.4 says, God comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Celebrate Recovery is more than just a recovery program. It's a forever family. We are a tight-knit group, and some of us are closer to each other than we are our own family. And that's because of struggles and different things that have happened. Thank you for letting me share. God bless. Hi there. Um, I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery for drug addiction, codependency, and food. And my name is Jennifer. Hi, everybody. Hi. I'm one of the ministry leaders for Celebrate Recovery here at Journey Church. I'm excited to have the opportunity to share with you today. My life has contained many ups and downs, but today I'm happy to say, thanks to God and Celebrate Recovery, I have hope. I have struggled with compulsive behaviors most of my adult life that caused me pain in many ways. I've been divorced twice. I've been addicted to drugs. I've battled weight issues. I've battled depression. But none of this was enough to keep God from pursuing me and bringing me back to him. I have been involved in Celebrate Recovery off and on since 2012, when the church I attended started a new CR ministry at that time. At that time, I attended, to deal, I attended in order to deal with some challenges in my life and to work on codependency. It was during this time that I realized how powerful this ministry is. Later in 2012, I had an ATV accident that required multiple surgeries over a four-year period. I found myself dealing with chronic pain, depressed, and headed for divorce. In an effort to cope, I eventually developed a full-blown addiction to my prescription pain medicine. I was no longer attending CR and didn't have the tools to find my way out of the mess I had created. In October of 2017, I hit my rock bottom. I was newly divorced, weary, and so tired of my life that I prayed often for God to just take me home. That morning, I hit a desperation like I've never experienced. I knelt down and began begging God to help me, and he showed up in the most profound way. Psalm 91.15 says, He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. I experienced God's love so tangibly in those moments that it almost felt like he was in the room with me. That day, my true relationship with God began, and there is no turning back. I stopped pursuing drugs and immediately surrendered my life to him. Psalm 42 says, He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and studied me as I walked along. This is what God did for me at my lowest. God loves and pursues us even when we are lost. 
After my divorce, I had moved back to my hometown area, so I didn't have a church family, didn't have any friends, and was in many ways starting over. Having had such a great experience in Celebrate Recovery in the past, I knew my next step was to get plugged into one where I was living. So I found a CR near me and started attending. I had what felt like an instant family. They welcomed me unconditionally, and I started living, living a recovery lifestyle. I had found not only a place to go for support, but a group of positive, sober friends to hang out with. This was vital for me. Isolation was my enemy, and I did anything I could to stay connected. I moved to Gillette a couple of years ago and got married to my current husband, Jim. Jim and I initially connected because of our mutual involvement in Celebrate Recovery, and it all grew from there. After we were married, we found our church home at Journey Church and eventually began a Celebrate Recovery ministry here. We are so excited and humbled to be used by God in this way. Joel 2.25 says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. I'm so grateful to God and CR for my new life. Thank you for letting me share. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm recovered from substance days. Hi. I'm very grateful and be honored to be part of the leadership here at Celebrate Recovery here at Journey Church. I'm going to need that. <laughs> my childhood was fairly normal. I was raised by my grandparents. They adopted me when I was two. So they were always mom, mom and dad to me. They did, they did the best they could at raising me. All my needs were met, and I grew up in a Christian, a Christian home and attended a Christian school. I started experimenting with alcohol when I was a child. I would sneak sips of beer, and on occasion, someone would give me the very end of their drink. And even on holidays, I would get my very own little glass of wine. I got drunk for the very first time when I was 12 years old. I continued to drink throughout high school, as through middle school, high school, and of course adulthood. When I was 24, I did meth for the very first time after suffering my first major heartbreak. I instantly forgot about my breaking heart and I would be changed forever. Seems like overnight, I would become a lying, stealing, selfish human being who only cared about himself and my new love of meth. I left Gillette for 14 years, leaving behind my closest friends and family. In 2014, I was arrested. While I was in jail, I knew I, knew I needed to change my ways, but I didn't know where to start. Reluctantly, I started attending one-on-one -on -one meetings and Bible studies and started reading the Bible on my own. The first verse that God gave me was Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Which was a perfect verse because I was extremely lost at the time. I went to inpatient treatment and during inpatient treatment, my thinking became more clear 
and my personal relationship with God began to grow. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The, the life I live now in the body, I live by faith, the Son of God who loved me and gave, gave himself to me. That was a true light bulb moment for me while reading this verse. I knew I had to completely give up my old lifestyle if I wanted to change. After I graduated treatment, I moved into the House of Hope here in Gillette. I started attending Journey Church, which I'm very proud to say has been my church home for more than five years now. Where I've built life, here I've built lifelong friendships with other members of the church. I've also been involved in the recovery community and beginning to lead in recovery groups. I knew I had something, I knew I had something to offer others who were struggling. You can't keep it unless you give it away. I'm very proud, very proud to say I've just celebrated my six years in recovery. This would not be possible without without God. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. God, is, God has restored all my broken rela relationships. He's also led me to my beautiful wife and my family where we continue to grow and live for him. I'm very excited to be part of this CR group. I, I love watching it blossom and watching all the leaders of the group be used to help others with their struggles and bring them closer to God. Thank you. Can you guys hear me? Yeah? Okay. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I have victory over addiction and inappropriate relationships. I struggle with food and anger. My name is Mariah. I was born and raised here in Gillette, your typical coal miner's daughter. I grew up in a big home and didn't hurt for much. I was taught to work hard and appreciate what I had. I didn't experience any childhood trauma that is associated with the majority of people suffering from addiction. However, I was surrounded by it. By the time I was 12, I was in full-blown active addiction. At the age of 13, I was arrested for the first time. There would be three more arrests by the time I was 17, all for drinking. I was married for the first time at a very young age, and by my mid-20s, I was married for the second time and a mother of two. I was also a functioning addict. My dad passed away in 2000 from cancer, and in 2002, my mom passed away from a drug overdose. This was a turning point in my addiction. Within two years of her death, I was no longer functioning. My husband asked me to leave. I spent the next two years homeless and in and out of jail. My family attempted an intervention, which I refused. And this was a very hard lesson on tough love. In 2006, while incarcerated, I found out I was pregnant with my third child. Wanting sobriety and something different in my life, I immediately left town upon my release. I managed to stay away from the meth, but I definitely wasn't sober. By the summer of 2010, I was once again strung out and charged with my first felony. Feeling empty, lost, and alone, I was given a Bible and some scripture to read. As I was reading in the book of Matthew, a verse struck a chord. Matthew 10.39 says, Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. 
What I heard was that I needed to give up the life I was living in order to live. I immediately asked God into my life. I spent a lot of time reading and studying the Bible, but like most jailhouse Christians do, I left Jesus there once I was released. I was able to stay sober for the next four years, but without Jesus, I was still lost, empty, and alone. By June 2014, I was back in jail, this time on my way to prison. Thank God I knew I could call on him. This time was different. This time I didn't want out of trouble. This time I wanted to desperately to change. So that's what I asked for. I asked him to change me, and he did. Mark 5.34, Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. With God by my side, I have been sober a little over seven years now. I am married with child number four, as well as reconciled with my other children. God heals and God restores. Hi, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I have been freed and healed from domestic violence, abuse, depression, and rape. I currently struggle with anxiety, perfectionism, and tend to, tend to medicate my feelings with food, and I am a classic workaholic. My name is Danielle. I was born on Labor Day, the youngest child of my mother, Judy, and where my father's name should be on my birth certificate, it says withheld. I was raised for eight years by my mother's ex-husband without the benefit of an adoption. He stepped up when he didn't have to. Because my mom left me with him when I wasn't, and wasn't very active in my life. I developed severe abandonment issues, causing me to believe that no one wanted me. I would search out love where I could, stepmothers who weren't really that interested, boyfriends who wanted me for their own amusement, friends that only wanted me around if I could offer them something. I lived in several different living situations until I was 13 when I moved in with my grandmother. I can say this was the most stable and loving environment I ever had. When I, met, when I was 19, I met my now ex-husband. Our relationship was tumultuous, to say the least. We were verbally, emotionally, and physically abusive to each other. He would scream at me and yell at me and gaslight me until I would react violently and lash out. For 15 years, we lived in this cycle of making up, fighting, and making up again. We were perpetuating this cycle because my children were watching this whole thing happen. Until September of 2013, when I have what I call my done day. This was the day my ex-husband hit me and made contact with my face. I didn't know if he did it deliberately or intentionally, but that moment, my whole world shifted. I was done. I wasn't ever going to live like that again. At, December, at the end of December 2013, I was sitting in my living room wondering where my life had gone wrong. You see, I considered myself a Christian because right before my daughter was born in 2002, 
I had, I had been saved in a tiny church in Sacramento, California. I prayed, and I begged for God to help me for years. I even prayed, prayed at sometimes that he would just take me home. I couldn't take it anymore. But God had a plan, and I am so glad that neither one of my two suicide attempts worked. That December, I started attending CR in Casper, Wyoming, where God changed the trajectory of my life through this program. He truly worked, Romans 12, 2, in my life. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. At my first CR meeting, I was welcomed without judgment and with compassion. I couldn't handle human contact before CR. I still struggle sometimes, but most people understand my need for personal space. Fast forward to 2021. I've now been involved with CR for five and a half of the last seven and a half years. I get my eight-year chip this January coming up. God has taken away debilitating guilt, shame, and self-doubt that I lived with for years. Jesus not only saved my life, but has given me the life I never dreamed could be mine. I've been married for just a little, almost a year now to a wonderful man. He seems to love me and my flaws and all my faults. He also loves my children as if they were his own, and I love his daughter as if she were mine. The relationship with my mother is healing. I am able to talk to my ex-husband and his wife without overwhelming pain and fear. I own my own business now, and it is growing. And as a family, my forever CR family and my family, we are helping others to heal through God's grace. God has helped me to realize that I am a daughter of the one true king. My identity is in him, and I am wonderfully and wholly loved. I'd like to close with Romans 5, 3 through 5. We also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint because God lo God's love was poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for allowing us to share today. Just from those, you can see how powerful that this ministry is. And, and Journey Church is excited to have a Celebrate Recovery here. Celebrate Recovery always ends the large group meetings with reading the serenity prayer. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to read this together. And then we're going to sing one final song about chains being broken and about the freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ. Would you read this with me? God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy.
happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Thanks for listening to that message. We hope that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to Journey, head to our website, journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your gift helps us to continue providing resources like this every single week. Also, be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website for updates and additional information. Hey, God bless you guys and have a great day.